Hey, welcome back guys, Max Weigand here. Today I'm gonna share with you how to build an unstoppable sense of self-confidence in your life. Now this is a topic that is very dear to my heart, mostly because for most of my life, I really struggled with this. When I was growing up, I was always the shy kid, the loser, the guy that no one talked to and then talked to no one, I was afraid to even tell a story in front of my family without you know, stumbling over my sentences. And so that was really in the last three years only that I built myself into the man that I wanted to be and also bred the confidence in myself that I've always wanted to have. And so I'm very excited to share four tools with you that have fundamentally transformed my life, the lives of many clients, many people around the world, and really also our science proof, meaning everything we talk about is both science proof and battle tested. So I'm very excited to dive right in. But before we do that, let's first of all look at what is confidence really? Where does it come from? Most people think confidence comes from external success. Meaning if I can only get the dream job, if I can make enough money, become enough rich, you know, if I can dress in nice clothes, right? If I get enough external validation, if people tell me they love me, then finally I can feel confident. Finally, I can love myself. You've probably noticed that just doesn't work. If we try to fill ourselves up from the outside, there is never enough. Other people's love, other people's admiration and validation can never make you feel whole. And so what we want to do is want to fill ourselves up from the inside. We want to change our psychology, our physiology, in order to then walk around and it doesn't matter what people think because we are confident from the inside out. And so the first key really to understanding confidence, what it's really about is self-trust. Confidence comes from when you make promises to yourself and you actually keep them. And this is a huge thing, right? We judge ourselves just like we judge other people based on the past. If your best friend constantly makes promises and then breaks them, we can't trust them anymore, right? If we say, you know, I'm going to work out and we don't. If we say, I'm going to talk to a person and we don't. If we say, we're going to finish this project and we don't, we're going to stop trusting ourselves. And confidence comes to a large degree when what we say we're going to do and what we actually do are aligned. When there's integrity to ourselves, to our beings. When we say, hey, I'm going to, you know, go and you know, create this beautiful thing and we actually do it, we start to breed confidence in ourselves. We start to trust ourselves more. And so the first key really to building more confidence in our lives is simply learning to keep the promises that we make to ourselves. What it really means is we've got to start rigging the game. Most people play a game, meaning they make promises to themselves that they know they're actually never going to keep. They start with these unrealistic diets, that you know, these perfect diets. They're boring as hell. They don't really nourish them. They're just trying to lose really quickly weight, right? What happens is you know you're going to fail because this thing isn't sustainable. You rig the game against you, really, right? Because you're going to make a promise that you know you're going to fail at. And guess what? That leads to frustration, it leads to anger, it leads to the self-hatred that we've all experienced at times of our lives. And so what we want to do then is we want to rig the game in our favor. We want to make it easy for ourselves to keep the promises that we make. 
Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to go on this perfect diet, let's improve it by 10% today. Instead of going on this workout every day for two hours, if we've never done it before, let's say, hey, I'm going to start with five minutes a day, one minute of meditation a day, whatever that is. But we want to make it so small and so simple that it's almost effortless to keep the promises we make. Why? Because we human beings thrive on progress. Teresa Amabile from Harvard University, a researcher there, has found that the single most important predictor of your motivation and engagement is progress towards meaningful goals. Meaning if you can get small wins every day by doing the workout you said you were going to do, by doing the meditation you said you were going to do, by talking to a stranger that you said you were going to talk to, Dopamine in your brain is released. The neurotransmitter is responsible for your sense of inspiration and motivation. And it makes you more likely to act like that again in the future. We want to start making small wins. We want to take these small actions and successfully complete them in order to boost the sense of confidence. And so rigging a game in our favor is really key. Making it super small and easy. The next thing we want to do is we want to schedule success in our lives. There's this great thing that what gets scheduled gets done. If you don't deliberately and intentionally put things in your calendar, you're probably never going to do them. As Goethe once said, what's most important must never be at the mercy of what's least important. If you have your set of priorities and you don't schedule them, it's very unlikely that you're actually going to you know, put them in practice, right? If you say, I'm going to work out sometime this week, sometime is hoping for motivation to come, right? But what if you say, hey, Monday at 5 p.m., I'm going to run for 30 minutes around the house. Now, guess what? You scheduled it in. Instead of waiting for motivation, you schedule it in your calendar. And research actually shows that you're up to three times more likely to follow through on your commitments if you put them on your calendar. And so what gets scheduled gets done. If you take your priorities, if you take the things that you want to use to breed confidence and you schedule them every single day of the week, guess what? Your ability falls through on these things, goes through the roof. And so this is another really key, important practice. And then lastly, what you want to really get clear on whenever it comes to starting new practices is you want to celebrate, right? Anytime you do that, anytime you fall through, you want to celebrate. You want to give yourself a quick high five, right? You want to say, hey man, good job to yourself. You want to look in the mirror and give yourself a big thumbs up. Why? Because again, that releases dopamine, the celebration. It makes you feel really good and therefore makes it more likely for you to act that way again in the future. And so that's key number one. You want to start keeping the promises that we make to ourselves. The second key then comes down to managing our memory bank. If success comes from past experience, then how we evaluate past experience, how we evaluate our successes and our failures becomes the key to changing how we feel about ourselves. All of us, and you can imagine this, like to have two lists. One list of all our great qualities, one list with all our victories, one list with all the things we've done well, all our character traits and strength, all the things we love about ourselves. And on the other hand, we have a list of all our failures, all our shortcomings, 
all our mistakes, all our weaknesses. Which of these lists and which items of these lists you pay attention to is going to ultimately determine the quality of your level of confidence. If you consistently focus on your weaknesses, if you consistently telling yourself a story of I can't do this and I fail at this and I made the wrong mistake and I said the wrong thing there, guess what? That is absolutely detrimental to your confidence. And so what you want to do is anytime you notice yourself telling yourself a negative story, you want to start using that as a habit loop trigger to immediately erase that by replacing it with the positive story. You want to focus on, hey, I love this about myself. Remember the three victories I had last year, last week, yesterday? The, remember the time that I followed through? Remember the time when you know I was really afraid, but I still did it? Once you start telling yourself that positive story, and you can make that switch any moment of the day, guess what? Confidence skyrockets, because now you're focused on all the great things you've already done, on all the things that give you confidence. And so this is really key number two, is you wanna manage your memory bank. You want to deliberately choose the memories to pay attention to that increase your motivation or increase your confidence rather than the ones that diminish it. So that's number two. The third key then goes away from psychology to physiology. We don't just think emotions. We feel emotions with our body. Psychology doesn't just influence physiology. It's also the other way around. I've actually written my master's thesis on this, my research there, on this idea of power posing. Very powerful idea. And I realized they had redundancy there. Now, what does this mean? What my research, or really what the research in general shows, is that how we use our physical body affects how we feel mentally and emotionally. In other words, if you engage in something called low power poses, meaning you make yourself small, right? You create this victim physiology, right? You put your head down, you sort of shrink your shoulders together, you, you maybe cross your arms in front of your chest. This is a victim pose, right? This is called a low power pose. And guess what happens? When you start to move like this, you can see this, right? It looks very weak, right? It doesn't look confident. It's quite exactly the opposite. In that moment, you're feeling weak, you're feeling afraid, you're feeling like you're not good enough. And so physiology in such a radical, quick way can completely shift how you feel about yourself. Now, the opposite is also true. If you start to engage in high power process, meaning you expand yourself, you make yourself as wide and open, you lift your head up, you pull your shoulders back, maybe even put a smile on your face. The research shows that this makes you more confident, more motivated, more energetic. The smile makes you more happy. And so the fastest way to change your psychology is to shift your psychology, to radically change how you move, how you stand, how you sit, sit up more straight, put your shoulders back, put a smile on your face, to move a little bit more, and you're gonna feel a radical change in how you feel. And so I mentioned this as key number three, but really, on a tactical level, this should be the first thing you do when you wanna change into a more powerful state of mind. Why? Because it's so hard sometimes to fight those mental wars, right? To go back and forth between, I love this about myself, but I'm really good at this, I'm really bad at this, and I really screwed this up. Oftentimes we fight these mental battles that aren't even necessary. The fastest way to change also how you think is to radically 
shift into more powerful physiology. And then once you've done that, and this takes a second, right? A heartbeat, as you can see, what happens is you automatically feel better. And when you feel better, it's much easier for you to start changing or managing the memory bank better, right? It's much easier for you to start thinking back to positive memories. And it's also much easier to start engaging in positive actions, meaning to keep the promises that you make to yourself. And so this is really the first thing you want to start doing. Change your physiology, take better actions, and change the memory bank to positive things. Now, the last thing, the last key I want to share with you here is to face your fears. There's this great story about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. That one night, they have this vision of the Holy Grail. And they set out to conquer, to find it. Now, the Holy Grail is not just about gold, right? It's not just about money. The Holy Grail in the story is the thing that's going to allow them to restore the world. In the story, all the land around Camelot, the castle where they live, has essentially become wasteland. And the Holy Grail is the only way to restore that land. I mean, really, it's a symbol for self-actualization, for transcendence, for the greatest mission and purpose in life. And so the knights around King Arthur, they set out. And they arrive at this forest where they know they're going to find the Holy Grail. But instead of entering it together, what they decide to do is they decide to each enter the forest where it's darkest to them. And that, of course, is a metaphor for the ultimate fears. They decide that wherever my ultimate fear is, whatever my biggest nightmare is, that's most likely where I'm going to find the Holy Grail. And the Holy Grail really then is a symbol of self-actualization. They know that the only way to transcend themselves, to actualize their full potential, is looking at that most gigantic nightmare face to face by entering the forest where it's darkest. And you and I, we have the same challenge every day of our lives. Do we go into the forest where it's darkest? Do we go deliberately and intentionally face our fears because that is the only way that we're going to fundamentally transcend them and become a better version of ourselves. This concept has also fundamentally changed my life. One day, two years ago or so, I made a list of all the fears that I had in my life that were stopping me from living the life that I wanted. On top of the list was skydiving. And literally, the next morning, I went and jumped out of 4,000 meters high out of an airplane. Now, I hated the experience. I absolutely hated it. You know, I was sick. I, was, I felt like throwing up. My ears were hurting. I hated the experience. But I loved that I did it because it helped me transcend the fear that I had for such a long time, which is simply flying down stuff, right? I even hate jumping in pools like at that ridiculous level. So it helped me transcend that in a bread confidence. Same for social stuff, right? I used to be afraid, terrified really, of people. And now what I've done in the last three years, I've literally talked to thousands of people on the street. Whenever I'm like, see someone that like looks cool, I'm like, hey, I'm Max, right? And by doing that over and over and over again, I've learned to transcend that fear and become so much more confident in the process. And so really I want to challenge you to start going through these four steps to number one, Start keeping the promises that you make to yourself to rig the game in your favor, to make it easy for you to get small wins every day. Secondly, 
You want to manage your memory bank. Anytime you feel fear or doubt or insecurity creeping into your mind, you want to immediately replace that with the positive story of what you love about yourself, your greatest victories, your greatest qualities and character traits. Certainly, you want to master your physiology. You want to immediately, whenever you notice yourself feeling a little bit bad, switch into more positive physiology by expanding yourself, maybe putting a smile on your face, maybe just going out for a walk or run or moving, getting physical, because that's going to change how you feel. And lastly, you want to face your fears and enter the forest where it's darkest. Now, guys, these four tools have fundamentally changed my life. They've changed my clients' lives, my friends' lives, and I know they will do the same for you. So really, I want to encourage you to pick at least one of them, ideally more, and start applying them right now. Change your physiology, master your focus, start taking positive actions, and think about the fears you have and go conquer them today. Love you all and see you soon.